Hello, my name is Gabriel White, and this is the Trial Lawyer Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, Today is a special episode. We're going to be doing a review of the classic legal movie, uh, 12 Angry Men. Um, I'm going to be reviewing the movie. My name is Gabriel White. I'm from the law firm of White & Garner. Um, You'll also hear... Uh, my partner, Dan Garner, and uh, Scott Powers of the law firm of Snow Christensen and Martineau. Um, this movie is a classic uh, in the legal thriller genre. It was originally adapted from a play, and so I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, it's, it, it gets right to the point. It's uh, short, kind of short and sweet, and... Um, really brings out some interesting points about the jury process. Uh, Something else that really helps with the jury process in my practice is um, trial guides. Uh, We we have a special partnership with Trial Guides, our podcast, uh, who is a leader in continuing education for civil plaintiff and criminal defense trial lawyers. They sell books, they sell DVDs, they do CLEs, live webinars, all kinds of stuff. Um, lately, I've been taking a look at uh, one of their products, which is Colossus, uh, the Lawyer Form CD. It's uh, made by Dr. Aaron DeShaw Esquire. A lot of plaintiffs' lawyers these days don't realize how sophisticated insurance companies have become at evaluating demand letters. They will plug them into computer programs. One of the most well-known is Colossus, and um, oftentimes this computer, this robot, dictates what settlement offer the adjusters can make. Um, and so uh, this set of forms, this uh, CD, helps lawyers draft demands that will be better recognized by these computer programs and help get better outcomes. And that is, we're already starting to incorporate that into our practice. Um, I also wanted to note that uh, listeners of our podcast can get 10% um, off of any order uh, of of Trial Guide's product. Um, That discount expires August 31st, 2019, so we've got a little while, um, by entering the code uh, TLP10, uh, that's Trial Lawyer Podcast 10, uh, at checkout, um, TLP and then the number 10, and you can get 10% off any order, which can be quite significant because, as you can imagine, these some of these tools are, you know, I mean, they're worth every penny. So um, definitely take a look at that. Um, thank you again for tuning in. And when you're done, make sure and go to iTunes, give us a rating. Um, you know, let them know if you like the podcast. Feel free to fill out the um you know, the questionnaire there and, and give us a star rating. Also, if you want to listen to the podcast at, at saltlaketrialattorney.com, you can go and uh, submit questions to the podcast and we can look those over. And depending on the time and topics we're covering, we may be able to answer some of those for you. Uh, so without further ado, uh, here is 12 Angry Men. I got my note. All right. Today we are going to be talking about for our um, off week, uh, the the movie 
classic legal movie, 12 Angry Men. Um, and I'm here with two goofy men to talk about this movie. Hey, I'm angry. You're angry? Yeah. Are you I angry because I called you goofy? No, I'm pretty much over it. Just over that? Okay. I'm now, goofy now. I'm not that Now angry. we have we're one, one grumpy man, one lukewarm man, <laughs> and another guy who doesn't <laughs> know where, where we're going with this. <laughs> All right, so movie 12 Angry Men. The based good on one, a play. not like the, the 1997 or whatever the... Wait, there was one made in There was like a TV version, so not to be confused. I did not see it. I just, when I looked I know, up the actors originally... on IMDb the other day, I remember seeing that there was like a miniseries or something from Ugh. 1997. I don't know how you could confuse Peter Fox. Calm down, everybody. We're with, talking about the original. With, with Which apparently is not the original. It's no, a it's, takeoff on a play that is the play, original. Yeah. But uh, they should do the play, Hail Center Theater, if you're listening. Oh, hell yeah. Do the play. Yeah, because yeah, there's no cursing, so they wouldn't have to get fined. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Heckles isn't going to do it. Hale so. Central Theater will get the play and then make whatever changes they you want, and then just take in the fines, and then pay the fines, and they still make. To kill Mockingbird, they didn't. They swore in it. Did they really? Mm-hmm. I can't get all that excited about the, the uh, theater in the round. Oh, they're fine with that out of here. So. <laughs> That's the racial issues are not. Uh... And we're about to pause for cutting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, no, no, no. <laughs> moving, on. <laughs> moving on. Scott, why would you say such a thing? What did I say? I can't remember. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. Anyway. I didn't say All right. Anything. So, Twelve Angry Men. What do we find interesting about this movie from a legal perspective? For lawyers, obviously, have either of you ever sat on a jury? I have. I haven't. What was what was your experience called? like? Uh, I tell you what my experiences was like. They for what kind of they, case? It was a criminal case, drug dealing. Um, some guy was dealing drugs out of his bike. Did they let you handle the evidence uh, alone in a room? Uh, yada yada yada. It started out slow and then it got really exciting. Uh, <laughs> Who was defense counsel? I can't remember who the Dang attorneys it. were. This is this is probably eight years ago. But what was interesting is that I was called to jury duty, and they let you. They on. impaneled a jury. Mm-hmm. I was one of them that they you know they didn't exclude me. They knew I was an attorney, hmm. and as soon as we got into the witness room, every single one of the other jurors turned and looked at me and said, "So what should we do?" <laughs> and I tried to convince them. That they need to, you know, make their, own make their own decisions. I rejected their suggestion that I be foreman. And then they all demurred and screwed around until I told them what my thought was on the evidence. And they immediately all fell into line and said, yeah, that's what we think, too. And I convicted the guy. Uh, that's really what it was. Yeah. His powers committed jury misconduct. <laughs> I did not commit. No, well, I didn't. he allowed himself to be used as a tool. No way. The whole time they, they hey, did. And powers, I've always had respect for you as a tool. I've always thought you were a very effective. <laughs> Which tool. is a great band, by the way. Yeah. Um, so speaking of tools, Gabe. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was interesting though. Going forward, I will never. If I can, if I can avoid it. I'm going to do everything I can to keep attorneys off the panel because for whatever reason, Everyone I, just listens he, to despite me telling them to calm down and do their own thing, as soon as I talked about the evidence and my thoughts on it, they all just sat, sat there and agreed. 
no one had anything I, else to say. I've, I've talked to... And felt like what I said had a, some kind of extra authority because I was a lawyer and we were in a court and therefore lawyers are special and have some better view of the evidence. See, I, I've, I've talked to another attorney who was on a case and he did not have the same experience, although he did... Well, maybe he he's did, not a very uh, convincing lawyer. Apparently. But he, uh, he his experience was that... Was his name um, G. White? Oh, wait, sorry. No, too it wasn't. I, Gabriel I would w. love to be on a jury just to see kind of the dynamic the that process on the scenes because obviously... I want. You know, we're, we're talking about 12 Angry Men and there's everybody's got... You know, the all of the all of the characters are in the are in the room because they have a particular agenda that comes out as part of the story, which makes up the movie. But and that's not the way it is in real life. I mean, in real life, people just get they find out who the attorney is, is, and they just do whatever that guy says to do. Usually, there's not an attorney on the panel. <laughs> no, I, I. But I think most attorneys would <laughs> try and strike a jury from the panel because they would be. A, afraid that the jury that the attorney will will when the judge says well you know i'm not going to let you ask that question the attorney will realize what the question was that was going to be asked why will know immediately why it was inappropriate and will be able to guess what the answer was and then that gets back into the jury room and infects it well i think that having hmm. a, a jury and this is the last i'll say on it having a journey a, a, an attorney on the jury um you, I think you run the risk of having a jury of one. And so if you're comfortable with that and you, you have the type of case wherein you could really sell it to an attorney because it's maybe a little more technical, then maybe that's a good thing. Because then the, you can rely on this insider, so to speak, to, to educate the jurors as they go through and to kind of tell them how things ought to be done and what might not have been said but what was implied and things along those lines. If you're worried about that, if you have a convincing, straightforward case that you don't want to be drowned out by minutia or inferences, you don't want that guy on there, I don't think. See, I had one case where a law student was on the jury, and we asked him, like, well, you're in law school, don't you, you know, you, that's hardship, probably, you can get out of this. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no of course he wants to be on it. <laughs> I, I did not want to be on it, and they, they weren't having well, that. Well, see, and I, and I had the same thought. I'm like, well, my arguments are technical, on this one, and I need someone that can. I was looking for engineers initially. Well, you look for like, okay, you, you're always looking for who's going to be your, who's going to be the leaders on the jury. Yeah, and, and then figuring out all right, can I persuade? What kind of a leader do I want on the jury that'll be in my camp? Yeah, you know when you're doing your jury selection and deciding who to strike and who not and who to challenge and. It was it was funny. My dad got picked for one, and they asked him, you know, is he a relative? And he told him, you know, that I'm a, you know, I did criminal defense and plaintiff work, and the prosecutors were out of challenges, so so they were stuck. They were stuck. <laughs> and, and my dad's probably more, you know, I'm pretty defense minded in the criminal context, and he's probably more than I am. So not guilty, 100. percent He's like, I don't even know why we're here, because he'd come and have lunch with me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not talking about the case, but I don't even know why I'm, we're here. <laughs> the evidence is so bad. So he's like one of those char- one of those characters in the thing that's just like, why are we still why are we still in this room? Yeah, yeah. It's not guilty all the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think it gives a good. I mean, there's obviously some stuff in there that are that's unrealistic. For example, the jurors bringing in own, evidence. Yeah, <laughs> doing their own investigation and bringing in evidence, like when he goes out and gets the knife. That would, um, you know, if, if if that happened on one of your cases that and you found out that would be, <laughs> I know, right? That'd be that'd be an obvious <laughs> o- overturn the verdict. Uh, how would someone? I guess if they one of the juries told. But see, the modern equivalent to that, I think, actually happens almost in every case. Which the modern equivalent of that is the jurors Facebook pull out their or, phones yeah. and Google, you know, whatever it is they they want to know. Gabriel White. If they wanted to know, yeah. If they wanted to know, if they wanted to know if that knife was really unique, they would just Google it, and if it pops up on eBay. There's ten thousand of them. Yeah, ten thousand of them. Then they would know. And and I mean, I've I, I've done at CLEs where we talked about uh, jury selection. Or we talked about opening argument, opening statements, and 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 things, and just asked, you know, a group of forty lawyers, how many of you think that any juror under the age of forty actually will listen and obey a judge's the judge's admonishment not to look at electronics or not to do searches or whatever. Like, hey, there are real consequences. Judges told you not to do this. Do you think that would even No, because the thing is is these are affect any of this? So people people in that age range are so used to being able to get away with it. To to look up whatever they need. Um, unless you're gonna sequester the jury which judges won't do anymore because there's just not a budget for it. Um, you know. Well, I'm just. Um, I, what I'm basically saying is the judge giving a stronger instruction. I don't think it will work. That? I think that the, I think that those jurors are going to be like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh. Hold on, your. Hold honor. on one second. I got to pass this I'm level of candy in my crush. Search. Yeah, like. I'm making. I'm, I'm searching your honor. What's that guy's name again? <laughs> your honor has some great vacation pictures, by the way, here on your Facebook page. Was Paris fun? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, so I think that does happen in uh, modern practice. Obviously, it's inappropriate. Um, what else do we think maybe from the movie is so a it's, little inaccurate? Well, I, I wanted. I was going to talk about the. The movie was in '57. Right. They they like harp on the court appointed a little bit, and uh, just you know in '63 was when Gideon v. Wainwright came. That decision came uh, came into play, and so it must have been, you know, I don't know, you know, depending on the state. Like in Texas, they do what's called the wheel, and you know, it's still they don't have a public defender necessarily system. It's just private attorneys that sign up. For the wheel, and they take turns, and no. When he says the wheel, I'm doing the hand cranky motion because it's it's their their little. That's that's what like it it's like. like the little bingo things, and they Lots spin of hand them. Okay, moving on. From that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, it, it, it probably <laughs> similar to that back in '57, and I don't know, I don't know. So or, Texas, I feel bad every time Texas someone slams have, public defenders. Texas still doesn't have its own public, like the, their public defender departments. Uh, I don't think so. Even in big cities, uh, I'm not sure. I for sure not in Lubbock as of 2013 ish. I am pretty sure in Dallas they don't either. Wow. They just have private attorneys that sign up and do it. 
I mean, the federal system works a little bit. I mean, they have the federal defenders, but yeah, so well, many, it's basically the same. So many federal cases you've but got they get, wiretap, you know, wiretaps and things where the federal public defenders can only defend one defendant, and so you have to yeah. have a panel of people who've signed up and say, "Yeah, I'll do it." And so you have to be—I mean, you have to be approved. So mm-hmm. it's probably very similar to the federal system. But you know, I, but all all my friends that opened up small firms right out of school that were doing criminal defense that they that was like their first thing to do is they signed up for the wheel to get their turn, and they you know do cases for a couple of years that way until they got their name. Well, my I mean their, my recommendation is is always you know when clients when we used to do we don't really anymore but when we used to do criminal defense clients would come in. And they wouldn't be able to pay, or they'd have trouble paying, you know, the what we would charge. And they'd say, well, I don't want to go with the public public defender. I'd always encourage them, you know, oftentimes these are some of the most experienced criminal defense attorneys that you're going to be able to find. And, and They're for sure the most dedicated. Yeah, and you're going to have the to most... To cause. And they may have the most resources and be able to... And you won't have to pay for them. And, and Salt they, Lake is, you know, they do a good job. They, yeah. They, they've done a, a good... I think they've done a great job of setting up a system where they can... I, you know, if you talk to them, they'd probably say, we need more resources. They need more they money, need more attorneys yeah. And, you know, they instead of handling... Their caseloads are probably in the fifty to seventy range. Like in New Orleans, it's something like two hundred cases each attorney has, which is just insane. Yeah. Like there's no way that any you know, I, there's no way that you can do a good job on well, every single case if you have two hundred cases. And there was and there was a, there was a lot of, a few great lines in this uh, recent movie that Denzel Washington did. It's like Roman J. Israel Esquire, where he talked about how because Which because of this ended terribly. By the yeah, way. ended. I was no. so mad at you when you told me to watch that. Movie. <laughs> I was like, "This is I, depressing." It was a good movie, but it was a but, good movie. But, but I was like, "Oh, he you talks about me. how it's not fair because these guys are forced to plea bargain because they've got, you know, they feel like yeah. they've got inadequate representation and they've got." You know, a prosecutor is able to dangle, you know, well, you can get out in three years or you can take your chances, go to trial with this guy that has 200 cases in front of him. And uh, when, he, when he loses, you'll get out in 20. Yeah. And so, the, you know, there's a lack of certain lack of justice in that. But 12 Angry Men, I think, does put forth a, <laughs> a, a principle that I don't think, bless you, you know, is dealt with enough at trial, which is that standard of beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, well, it I, I was don't actually, they, they don't they, ever talk, they, I mean, they say is it, it's possible or, they, they, but they never say in the movie that is that doubt reasonable. I no, they don't use those words, but they, it's, it's clear that the one guy wants to be Yeah, but he keeps using the word possible, which is dri- kept driving me nuts. But it's possible. It's but possible. it's possible. Like, well, yeah, he's arguing well, against, he's arguing against it, so he's saying if it's possible, then they have to acquit him. Which that's well, that's not just it. the standard. No, no, but I that's think you're getting it wrong. I don't, I don't think no, I don't think it is. Well, you didn't watch. I think you're watching it wrong. So he at the very well, beginning he says it's possible, but he didn't say that's why I need to vote not guilty. He said because we're sending a guy to the chair and everyone else is convinced, I think that we should at least talk about it. And so I wanted to use my vote to get us to talk about it. 
And that's what eventually leads everyone to, co to convince themselves that the doubt is, in my mind, reasonable. I don't think he started it out with a reasonable doubt. I think that he no, wanted, that's true. It, he wanted yeah. to yeah. talk it through. And then as a result of all the things that happened during that, you know, during that deliberation, they convinced each other. Are you talking about Fonda's character or Fonda's the character? Man? The okay. Fonda's character. At the very beginning, he said, "I think it's likely that he. You're right. I think it's guilty, but it's possible that he's not. And because we're sending him to the chair, if we say guilty, Oof. I used it. I used Which my I, not guilty to get us to talk I, about. The, it. I don't think there's any states anymore. Obviously, there's not with juveniles because the U.S. Supreme Court's come out and said you can't don't kill the kids. You, you can't execute. It's a violation of the Eighth Amendment to." To execute juveniles, but juvenile offenders, but um, you know, I don't think any state has it anymore. That if the jury finds someone guilty of something, they're automatically there's no further proceedings. They're automatically sending them to death row. There's almost I I think every state has a procedure where there's a separate trial uh, or a separate trial proceeding about about whether or not you know, either in front of the judge or in front of the jury about whether or not there's mitigating factors and aggravating factors and whether or not they're... I don't think that's right in you Utah. Think, you think in Utah if somebody's... But there's a separate sentencing hearing. Yeah, but not a full-blown... Parties can present evidence. Like in Arizona, it's like a separate... It's almost a separate, like a trial on damages almost, but... I think in a death penalty case, you have to have the jury... I think a jury has to be involved in making the death penalty decision. I, I'm not a scholar in this area, obviously, uh, and so yeah. I, I certainly could be wrong, but I've that seemed like a, an extreme sort of position to me. The, the judge says, well, you know, the mandatory sentence is death, so if you find him guilty, we're going to... It was like, you find him guilty and we're going to take him out and shoot him tomorrow, or... So the real question is, who committed the murder? No, that's not the real question. That is the question I want to know, Gabe. But and who it, goes to the movie at 11.30 and comes back at, at 3? That's what And they're treating it as like any old movie. Like, no, you don't go to the movies. It was Quentin Tarantino. A 9 o'clock movie is a late A movie. The one that gets you back at midnight. 11.30? Unless he went, it was a double feature. He Maybe went, it's a Bill new Bill release. Oh, do you just get to the second half of the double features? <laughs> that is pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember what movie I went to. Yeah. Like, you don't remember that? the movie you went to like it was, uh, two hours ago? <laughs> just before I was arrested Maybe he was, for murder? Maybe he was uh, the last pulling a Jerry Seinfeld and making person? out during Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't remember. I was, yeah, I was I necking was, with was, my girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. would have been a great alibi, so I don't know why he yeah. bring that up. Especially with the time travel angle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I was not only not there, I was not even in that decade. So, could not have committed the crime. Okay, when the prosecution seeks the death penalty, the sentence is decided by the jury and must be unanimous. Penalty phase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In a case of a hung jury during the penalty phase of the trial... A life sentence is issued even if a single juror opposed death. There is no retrial. Yeah. That was my understanding. So is that just Utah or is that, are you looking at a Supreme Court case? No, I just looked at capital punishment in Utah. In Utah. Okay. 
Well, yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting, and it's I thought it was... I also thought the movie had an interesting take on, you know, maybe it's overblown a little bit, but, you know, how many times have you tried a case, you know, that was incredibly complex, you know, week-long case or multi-week case, and it ends on a Friday, and it's like, well, the jury could deliberate on all of these different issues, but then again... The jury was charged at five o'clock on a Friday, and so you know they're coming in that day. They're not coming back Monday. They're not gonna make a decision, and and there are so many of the of the characters that just want to get out of there. Well, one, one had, had some, tickets. There's a game. Has, one one had a, a tickets to a game. One had a, a garage, and they did not explain what that. I don't understand what that meant. He had garages that were going bad or were not. He's got to be being taken care of or something. Which I don't know how much maintenance is involved in a parking garage. Yeah, you'd be surprised there, Daniel. But I think that you know some of those factors uh, play into jury dynamics a lot more than you might think. But you know, one of the interesting things um, that I wanted to point out is that you know there are a lot of people that believe that in in the American system. that the right to a trial by a jury is more important, is it a more important protection of, of freedom than the right to vote, even? And, I mean, I think that's a, a, more impo- a greater protection against tyranny. You know, 70% of statistics are made up on the spot. That's tr- that could be true. I didn't use a statistic. I it's said, possible, Gabe. What? You know, I I would uh, come on. This is a tie into the movie. I think I'd agree. I made fun of your statistic. That wasn't a statistic, and I I didn't use use it. I didn't use the statistic. I said, I said, I said that I think it's more. Oh, so you're changing it to say I think it's more. Because you said the American population believes this right is no. I don't. I know. So you think? If I did, I misspoke. Okay. So you believe? I've heard. I've heard several commentators. Which of commentators? Uh, Mark Garrigo said it on his podcast this last Some weekend. Some random guy that no, he's no a, one really he's knows. He's a famous criminal attorney. He tried the Scott Peterson case. What about Ken Stephenson? So he's tried the Scott Peterson case. I don't know who that is. I don't either. I just made it up. All right. I would agree with that. I think because... Uh, According to Ken Stephenson, he did. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, if we don't have juries, that's you're one step away from uh, that scene in... Uh, no, it's the movie with... Uh, But before we get into that, just a brief word from our sponsors. Unfortunately, most lawyers are never available when you need them. Many of them don't put your interests first. The lawyers at White & Garner do things differently. We take each case very seriously. We will always put your interests first. We represent people who have been injured in accidents. We also handle commercial litigation cases. Other law firms assign your case to a paralegal or secretary and put that person in charge of managing your case. Getting your actual attorney on the phone can be a nightmare, no matter how important your case. At our firm, every case is important and every client gets our full attention. We only take cases that we are comfortable taking all the way to a jury trial. Every move we make helps us better prepare your case for trial. To get the best results at trial, you need a lawyer that is paying attention and that is not afraid of a jury. You need the lawyers at White & Garner. 
Each client of White & Garner has access to their attorney at any time, any day of the week. You can talk directly to your attorney about your case at any time, day or night. If we do miss your call, we will get back to you within 24 hours. If you hire a lawyer from White & Garner, we will be there for you when you need us. That is our promise, and we keep our promises. Oh my gosh. Uh, so good it, man for all seasons. Is it, the one, is it the one with the Clint Eastwood and the orangutan? No. Every, it's, every which way went loose. It's, <laughs> it's uh, Some of Clint Eastwood's best work, right? He's like the saint of the law for the Catholics. What's his name? I don't. I uh, oh my gosh! What's Thomas Moore. A man for all seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Thomas Moore. Yeah, we're one step away from that, basically. If we don't have juries. From from explain uh, the explain the backstory for for our, our listeners. Well, basically, he. That's my way of saying I don't remember the. Yeah, uh, Thomas Moore. Basically, he won't. Uh, he won't say that it's. Uh, Is this the Catholic saint? Yeah, okay. he won't say that that uh, he, the king should be able to divorce his wife. And that the the new marriage is valid. He won't say that. Well, he won't say that it's invalid either. And and basically they conspire against him to to say killed. that he did. And uh, and then once he's convicted, then he's like, okay, well, you're gonna kill me anyway, so I'm gonna tell you what I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know that's what a jury prevents is tyranny. From that is you make uh, you make your peers. That's the whole point of it. Which was why. It was such a big deal that in the South that uh, they didn't allow uh, African Americans on the jury, and it's the whole point of why that's so important. Is because it's it's Be like the last a, line of defense, really, against against the tyrannical government that tries to put its citizens in jail unjustly, or vicious was, insurance companies who try and who, who try, try to and keep your rip off rip off uh, keep, both their policyholders and the people they injure uh, yeah, the people that have all the money that pay your bills yeah <laughs> when i force those them evil to, people when that, i make them that pay my bills yeah so thomas moore he was executed for uh the macarena freaking making anti Statements against the crown. Basically. Yes, he was executed for the Macarena, Scott. I don't know, I'm just for throwing out general random stuff. Is what is that movie? Driving this? A lot of movies. The movie is called With the Macarena? Twelve Angry Men. It's a Man for All Seasons. Is the name of the movie. Yeah, that one. That'd be a good one to do next time. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll couple marinate on that. Away. We'll <laughs> marinate. We'll marinate on Delicious. that one. All right. I think we have probably hit the limit of any sort of value to this uh, discussion. So. Thank you so much for listening, and please uh, remember to subscribe uh, through iTunes and uh, give us a rating. Uh, go ahead and click one of those stars, especially um, you know the uh, the fifth star. I'm told that the other stars don't really work, so you have to hit the, the all five of them in order to give us a, a rating. And we'd encourage you to to make sure you do that. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you. Before you go, just wanted to give you one more reminder to check out um, our partner uh, trial guides and their products for uh, plaintiffs and uh, criminal 
uh, civil plaintiff lawyers and criminal defense lawyers. Uh, again, you can get a really great discount um, from them, uh, 10% off of anything that you buy there uh, from now through uh, the end of August um, by entering TLP10 uh, at the time of checkout. That's uh, TLP and the number 10. Uh, should be easy to remember. Trial Lawyer Podcast. And also want to encourage you to get out there, rate our podcast, let us know what you think, enter something in the comments section, and uh, if you get a chance, go to saltlaketrialattorney.com and enter in a question you might want us to ask or answer. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, see you next time.